Welcome and thank you for listening to Boss Lady Alliance. We are Muna Silva and Christy Silva. Our goal is to help us all be the leaders we want to be and to achieve success, however we choose to define that, while we maintain a balanced, happy life. We really want to focus on tangible solutions to everyday problems. So thank you for joining us. Since this is episode one of Boss Lady Alliance, you don't know that I am already going off script, but I did want to share a little Alliance news with the world. My talented and amazing nephew was married this weekend. We are so happy, Christy's son. Um, so proud of you, Dylan. And best wishes to you, Avalon, and welcome to the family. So just a little off script moment there, but uh, we're that. very proud of you kids. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Young people with great drive. Yes. I still look at his little baby pictures. <laughs> I'll cut that so I don't embarrass him. No, I don't think you would. It's amazing. Yeah, we're super grateful for their relationship. And yeah, it's just, it's pretty, a lot of joy. We love Avalon. We love Dylan. So it's exciting. Excellent. And our family grows. Yes, it does. Isn't that amazing? It's great. Quickly. All right, I'm Christy Silva. I'm a leadership coach and e-commerce business analyst and founder of The Nest. At The Nest, we empower human-centered businesses. My name is Muna Silva. I am a people leader at a Fortune 500 company. I specialize in process design that mitigates the human errors within the process and focuses on compliance. Together, we are Boss Lady Alliance, and you can find us on Patreon, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. And anywhere else we choose to show up, we'll let you know. But we hope you will like us and share us and comment. Please join in our conversation. Yeah. Yeah, what's exciting about having so many different facets of social media is that that really creates a cool community of people having these types of conversations that we're having here. So it's I'm excited to interact with with other people who are inspired and engaged by by what we're doing. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, what we're doing is every other week. We'll do a full episode that focuses on different topics that we feel we should be talking about and engaging in. We would like to learn more of or share our experiences around. And in the interim weeks, we'll be doing brief episodes where we follow up and integrate the comments and the conversation you bring to us about the topics, because we really do feel it's important that this be a two-way street and We want this to be everyone's platform and a true discussion point where we can share experiences and truths and, you know, those those hard lessons we've learned so that we can truly help each other. So 
I love that we are able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the conversation going. And yeah, I love the relationship building conversational episode after our main episode. I think it'll be really um, impactful in, in our really um, shared directive of having it be very practical and easy for people to apply to their lives now. I think a lot of people listen to podcasts and have or read books and and then it feels very separate from their day-to-day life. And so I think that's really kind of um, so cool that we can bring it in and, and really put it to action and make it real for people. Yes, and expand the knowledge. I mean, I'm be the first to tell you, I don't know it all. I know a little bit. So uh, teach me and we'll use this platform to share and discuss and the idea that Um, you know that's one of the great things about today's world is we can have that two-way street and we can we can really open this up and and continue conversations so um, you know whatever interests us out of what comes out of these these casts can grow and take on a life of its own it doesn't have to just be in that moment no so awesome good stuff good stuff. So I feel like we should talk a little bit about how Boss Lady Alliance has come into fruition, especially because it is our first episode. And um, I think it's known and been said, but, but we're sisters. And I was so lucky enough to marry your brother almost 17 years ago. And meet you when you married Chris. How many years? That's almost 20, 20 years ago. Yes, ma'am. I know. He's a good man to put up with me this long. Isn't that amazing? You, what are you talking about? You're you're just not the same person that I first met. I mean, I just, you're amazing. Um, what you've done with 20 years has has molded and sculpted you and the opportunities that you've taken and, and leapt towards again and again and again and um, it's been just amazing seeing you and you and Sal develop and change and Dylan grow up to the married man he is today and but I mean when when Sal brought you into the family, I mean, I got a sister and a best friend. I'm so lucky. I'm lucky. It's so cool because I feel like we both really went on these journeys and like Sal and I really stayed in Santa Barbara, but you and Chris really traveled and lived the world and, and seeing that worldly wisdom just sort of you know, come from you and, 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 and Chris and how you live your lives. And, and really, I think you both without even maybe calling it without even calling attention to it really have learned to relish in the moment um, from those experiences that you've, you've had and, and, and how that really trickles into all the things that you do both as you know a person and as a worker and as a family member and all of those things it's just really special to see um 
and be witness to your journey and Chris's journey and how you guys have just really, um, you kind of suck the marrow out of life. Like you just sort of like get up and go, you know, like all of a sudden you guys are going to Japan and then you, you know, lived overseas for so long in so many different exotic places. And it's just, um, it's really been a joy to kind of see that, how that, um, your um, embracing the world has, um, has been manifested in your settling down and in, in where you're at now. It's just, it's just really cool to, to witness that. Cause that's such a different experience than Sal and I, we are such homebodies, you know? So it's just so cool to like, we kind of live vicariously through you guys. <laughs> Kidding. We live vicariously through you. You get to stay in one place and you're home and you're near your family all the time. And, and we're so grateful that you're there. We get to come visit. Yes. And we love it when you do. Yeah. So I think it'd be cool to talk about like, um, um a little bit about the name and then if you would um give me and our listeners some information on what's up with the brooches and why we're wearing our brooches because i i love this this little thing that's happening right here mm -hmm. boss lady alliance was really born through a conversation of Chris, between Christy and I, um, which also led to our first topic today, which is the leap, right? Mm -hmm. Taking that leap of faith, whatever that looks like to you. And um, we decided that uh, while we were discussing our lives and our careers and the goods, the bads and the indifferent, we could expand that and find greater joy in our lives um, by expanding the platform between Jesse and I. Mm. And as we talked and started discussing um, what we could do with Boss Lady Alliance and uh, the excitement of really being able, being able to have those conversations, um, you know, we were discussing boss lady and what it really means to own that and to walk uh, the boss lady way of life um, and you know, the power and the statement behind that and it made us think about the brooch as a traditional power piece for women especially but for everyone going back um, through history the beginning of humankind that um, it's a great way to show your power and your individuality and speak volumes when you can't always say it out loud. And the, the brooch has kind of fallen out of favor in recent years, but we've decided it's time to bring it back. Uh, it is a great symbol of individuality and your personal style especially your style as a lady leader. So uh, my brooch was my grandmother's. I inherited it. Uh, beautiful little flower, uh, rose, sorry. Um, and 
yeah, I just think it's a great way to show the world just a little bit more of who you are. Yeah, I love that. That's a beautiful brooch. I decided to wear my grandmother's as well. It's my grandma Sage's. And she used to wear a brooch every day. It was a very important piece for her, which I thought was really cool. Well, throughout history, you you never saw the queen without a brooch. You know, these every powerful woman that you think of, um, then it's just it's such a symbol. And yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, we're bringing it back. Yeah, bringing back the brooch. <laughs> well, um, speaking of powerful women, um, every episode we're gonna we're gonna come with some um, thoughts and really kind of uh, highlighting a powerful woman that has really affected our lives. And um, because there are so many wonderful women to highlight and, and that deserve uh, airtime and as well as um, our attention and conversation. I think as we, you know, look to develop ourselves and grow ourselves to having, um, you know, mentors and um, women and men and people who that influence us in a positive way to really um, give pause and, uh, call them out and share them with the world, I think is really um, important and cool to do. And um, so I'm really grateful that that's part of what we'll be doing on these um, longer episodes. Um, and so um, I really wanted to first, my the, my first woman that I love is, um, is Ma'am Bielek. And I'm probably saying it wrong, but I'm I'm a terrible pronouncer, but that's okay. But ma'am um, is about our age, I think. And she was a young actress in, but in reality, she is a neuroscientist and um, a woman um, who is Jewish and uh, practicing, I believe, I'm not sure, um, I'm aware of any um, specifics around that, but but I love that she has a faith that is old and that has been a part of her lineage and her family. And that really actually is what kind of introduced me to her was her openness um, about modesty when she goes um, swimming. And I I was in this phase of swimming all the time and I saw this social media post of her um, wearing a full, almost like an old school swimsuit. It was made out of like normal material, but it was it was a very full suit. And she talked about modesty and that um, she was so bold in and and not it shouldn't even I shouldn't even describe it as bold. She was just being herself and really. Um, unencumbered by other people's opinions of what that is or what it should look like or shouldn't look like. But I, but I really appreciate her um, expression of what was important to her and her value systems and um, that she unapologetically um, was her, you know, she just really embodied 
the things that she loved and was um, really important to her. And it, and it kind of showed up in this, as this bathing suit for me, you know, it was like this symbol of um, feminine power, yet um, I feel like in my youth, feminine power would be, you know, wearing something not modest, you know, and that was feminine power. But here is this woman who has, you know, this great mind and this um, great spiritual path. And she shows up and unapologetically is like, I'm wearing this modest bathing suit because it totally aligns with my values and I'm not really interested in your opinion about it, you know? And I just thought that was so awesome. So it really wasn't the bathing suit, but it was her um, expression of that. Isn't that amazing? Wow, I had, uh, you know, I know a little about her and I, I could see why you picked her, but I had never heard that story and I had yeah. no idea that that's, yeah. that's where you were going to go. That's really fun. Um, yeah. Yes, all hail modesty. For sure. <laughs> I, and, yeah, you know, like it, it's just so, it was so, um, it is so uh, rogue, you know, and, and sort of, especially when I heard it, on social media, it was sort of during a time where, you know, no one was, you know, like modesty was not trendy, you know, and, and she was not about trends. And so that caught my attention as to kind of the depth and weight of, of her. And, and um, recently she's, well, I don't know how recently, but, but she has this podcast um, called Breakdown where she really talks about the marriage of science and human experience and also spiritual experience. There's a lot of spirituality that, um, that sits within um, science that I think is not often spoken about. There's a lot of scientists who may be agnostic, um, but, but have a sense of, of awe of science, which to me really connects on a on a deeper sort of spiritual level and so I really enjoy um I enjoy that podcast and she tackles some really great issues like mental health and being a mom and being a, a woman worker and the, the feminine experience and um the experience of um religion and you know the experience of spirituality and she she kind of is um unapologetically the dissecting and and having conversations about all of these topics and it really um it's empowering to listen to it's empowering to get to know her and um i don't i don't um i wouldn't say i'm like an expert on her at all but she to me is just a profound force of encouragement and, and someone that I want to, um, you know, she encourages me to be a better version of me because of who she is. And I, I just absolutely love that about her. So, um, yeah. Sounds amazing. I'll have to uh, check out her cast and uh, certainly respect a lot of what little I know about her, but um, massive endorsement from a person like you. She should be honored and she should like our page. Yes, I think so. I think, would that be rad to have her as a guest here at some point? I think that would be a good goal to have. Wow. 
In fact, all the women that we talk about, if, if possible, you know, to have like as a goal to be a guest, I'll hold space for that for sure. Good goal. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about your inspiring woman. woman Well, for my first choice, I'd like to talk about Catherine Hepburn. Mm. Um, Just a brilliant driven woman who stayed so true throughout her whole life and um, you know, yes, yeah, she was also a Hollywood star, but um, you know, she was she was a powerhouse, and she was you know ahead of her time, and um, she had to to build a career. She um, she was off putting in some ways, and so she had a lot of trouble out of the gate because she was so strong and she was so powerful and so willed. And that she couldn't hide that about herself and people weren't ready for it. Um, so her, when she first did my, my favorite movie, Philadelphia Story, she really had to fight to get it made. She had to purchase a script and, and, um, and really be the force behind, behind the movie. And at the time it came out, she was considered box office poison. She um, really... Yes, and and that movie turned it around, and um, brilliant, wonderful film. Um, but her story, the story from of the movie, is about the powerful woman who gets knocked down a few pegs um, from this position of goddess and elitist and um, to mortal. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful story. Uh, but it's also amazing when you think about Catherine Hepburn and how she played that role, a very similar short, you know, different story, but that main core of strong woman who gets knocked down a few pegs to be accepted over and over and over again throughout her life. Mm. That was the niche that she had to fill to be successful. And it shows such a next level strength to me to see that, to recognize that and have enough strength of character to go, yes, I will play the character that's true to myself that gets knocked down and I'll be okay with that because they're not really knocking me down. Mm. And I mean, how do you have that much core strength to do that um just most impressive um there's so many stories about who she is and what she did and of course academy award winner and um you know um great romance with spencer tracy and the challenges that she faced with that um you know um repeated horrors in her life you know she found her younger brother or I'm sorry her older brother um, after he had uh, committed suicide by hanging when she was very young she never fully recovered I mean just um, those repeated challenges and 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 pain um, that you know we all have and she just owned it like few people could own it 
and she put it all out there for us all to see on film. Really just mm. strong. So vulnerable too. Yeah. Wow. What do you think she, what do you think allowed her to have that type of courage? I wish I could tap into it and <laughs> give it to all of us. I think, you know, once you hit that plateau of um, where, you know, you're laughing at them, laughing at you, or, you know, and you've, you know, you own it and, you know, even if you have to go that extra tier, you know, just, just keep fighting for that tier and just get there somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that about her. I knew her as a tomboy and kind of a cool chick, but I, I just didn't, uh, I didn't really know her as almost like um like a modern day feminine archetype you know yeah i i truly think she did it consciously mm. in a time when it was just so far unheard of um, but yeah i mean I certainly love the the tomboy with with grace i mean just just amazing and and brilliant and driven and you know willful <laughs> willful definitely comes to mind um, but always with class and sophistication she always took the upper hand and won with her brain and her you know spirit mm -hmm. she never had to take the low road yeah um, for a long life in a public life and one which numerous you know, biographies, etc., have been written. I have the time life special from uh, ten years after she passed. I've all kept it. Um, just, um, just amazing. So, yeah. Can't have her as a guest on the show, though. I would have loved to have met her. Yeah. We can get a maybe we can get a medium to come channel her. I'll be hiding under the covers while you do that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Never know. Ah, <laughs> uh, those are two real cool women. They it's interesting that they both are really unapologetically them. I suspect that's going to be a theme amongst the women we love and call out on this show. I think so. Yeah. 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 Huh. Well, um, should we move into what we're reading? Okay. Because I... What are you reading, Christy? Well, let me tell you. I okay so this this book is 
really the number one book that I send off um, to all my clients and anyone that I'm connected to who's a leader. It is, um, it's an old book. It is, um, it is, in my mind, ancient, ancient wisdom that feels very uh, modern and current. It, it's timeless. And it's, um, it's the Tao of leadership. And generally what I do is I go to a used bookstore or like thrift bookstore online and I purchase a, a used copy and there's something special about that. And I, and, and I purchased, this one isn't used, but the ones I get for my clients, I get a used copy because a leader has touched and read and used and needed that book. And that leader no longer needed that book. And so they have given it away to be used by another leader. And it's almost like a passing of the baton. And I think um, there's something really special about that. And, and it is sort of um, a great passion of mine is, you know, when I'm, when, I'm, um, when I'm in the space of mentorship or being an analyst, I always love um, cultivating and, and, and almost being a guide of someone for, for their leadership journey. And so this is, this is a great part of that. And I always have it by my desk, always. I always refer to it when I, when I feel um, uh, sort of disjointed or um, don't know how to make a decision or don't know what next move to make or don't know how I feel about something, I will always refer back to this book. And um, and it's great. It, it's um, very practical um, and also very current. So um, I think it's something also that's very safe for anyone who um, of any kind of belief system. It, it, it is not, um, it is very inclusive um, and does not conflict with, with um, you know, values and belief systems. It, it seems very um, hippy dippy because it is Tao of leadership. It is, you know, um, it is adapted um, from some old um, Chinese texts, but I think it is really powerful. And yeah, that is what I'm reading right now. Do you believe in the transference of energy between um, on inanimate objects? So I am not hippy dippy. But I do believe there is some truth in like you don't exercise in your sleep clothes. There's an energy that comes out of your body when you're exercising and a mindset that you automatically put yourself in that that you don't want to take into your sleep space. Right. Um, you know, and that kind of energy and leadership. Do you think you you um, connect better with the books? And, and again, I'm not hippy dippy, but even I can go here. That you know, maybe there's um, that energy and that passion helps enliven the books, and that's why I think we all, I know, I respond to used books um, differently than new, and certainly the electronic. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I I absolutely agree with that, and um, I think too. 
Um, I've received some used books that have had certain highlights um, that people have gone in and highlighted that that absolutely are speaking directly to me. And and there and I kind of just go, that's interesting, you know, like it 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 cultivates a moment of awe. So it, it's almost like that person highlighted it for me and then gave it away, you know, like it's it's been interesting with used books, but I agree. And I think, I mean, that is legitimately why I purchase the used books for clients is, is to encourage that really well-nurtured transference of, um, of energy that it takes to be a really good, true leader. And I would, I would assume that there aren't any bad leaders reading these books. So it would all be good energy. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> yeah, I love that. One. So I, uh, there's a few books that I read every few years. They just like a comfort book, and uh, one of my favorites is Jane Austen's Persuasion, mm -hmm. which is her last novel and one of her lesser known, though there have been numerous adaptations. Um, but there's something truly beautiful about persuasion. I mean, yes, I love Pride and Prejudice. Everybody loves Lizzie Bennett and Mr. Darcy's story and, and her spirit. Um, but there's something more relatable to me in, in persuasion and um, to, to the characters in that there's, there's, a, there's a more, more realness and more genuine here we go <laughs> more uh just genuine human right and think it just came from you know um you know being one of our later books she really had fleshed out how to to get that next level of true human recognition in her characters and exude that on the page but persuasion's just a beautiful story um and it just, like I said, it's just a feel-good book. It makes, it just helps you get through life uh, because it's really, really about second chances. Um, you know, in the case of the story, you know, uh, they, uh, they were engaged when they were very young and madly in love and the world sent them on different paths. And then years later, seven, eight years later, brings them back together again when they're in a place and in an, in an adult place and able to break through, you know, the challenges that the world is going to, um, to hand them. Uh, it gave them a chance to develop as individuals and then to learn each other again as adults and find out that that love was still there. So second chances and growth and not holding each other back, but growing separately together. Uh, there's some just wonderful themes in the book that um, that are just you know easy and fun and relatable and genuine. Um, it's just one of those stories I turn to when I just want to feel good. How many times have you read that book? seven or eight. I thought like it's two years old or anything. It came out long before I was born. 
I know. But that's amazing. That's a that's gotta be a really profound book to read that book eight times. And I bet each time you've read it, it's had a different meaning or what's the experience reading that book, you know, a book that many times. Yes. I mean, when you're younger, it gives you that hopeful that all is not lost. But now, you know, as I'm older and and especially, you know, the Jane Austen books are, um, they do really grow with time and that experience. So, you know, sense and sensibility, you know, I'm the age of the character of the mother now, you know, and the difference and what that means today versus what it meant then. And, um, you know, we are very lucky to be living when we are, you know, that that bridge of 40 is not the end of the line. It is the step up, ramp up and hit the ground running, go for it place now. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I'll have, I have not read that book. I will have to read it now. Well, I recommend all her books. There's only five, but that one is my personal favorite. That's cool. I've read a few, but I've not read Persuasion. That's cool. Mm. Good stuff. What are you thinking? Thinking it's time to take the leap. Okay. Let's do it. I'm ready. You, uh, I have no trouble believing that you're ready to take a leap. <laughs> <laughs> As we said earlier, uh, I've known you for almost 20 years now. And in that time, I have watched you just eagerly stand on the edge of cliffs and go, you know what? I got this and just take off in an entirely different direction. And you are always successful and you always own it. And you experience it and you live it. And then you go, you know what? This isn't for me. And you jump off another ledge. And I love that about you. It's amazing to watch and to see. Because uh, few people do that. It's truly, you know, fairly unique to you. Though I do think there are, you know, primarily two different types of people the youth of this world who, who jump, um, but I think you're the minority over the me's of this world who mostly have to be pushed to make those truly profound and big leaps. Mm. So. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I It's interesting because I, I I internally really want to challenge your perception of you and and say that you are you make just as many leaps as I do um and maybe they show up differently um 
And, and it's interesting, like, so like we're talking about, you know, making these leaps of faith and, and a lot of them, I think when we first think of that, it, it becomes something that's external, right? So like, um, I feel like my leaps are very visual. They're very external and, and, and um, tangible. Um, I think the most difficult leaps for me um, of faith or trust or, um, um, you know, shifting belief into knowledge and just being that it is the internal, the stuff that no one sees. And um, so there's kind of um, also um, maybe people who play it safe, but also um, and people who who take risks, right? And and then there, but there's also the internal space where are you externally taking risks or you are internally taking risks? And so I I, I love um, challenging perception because I sometimes. Um, Sometimes the truth is the greatest risk is sometimes uh, something very simple, you know, like um, getting out of bed or going to the gym or uh, starting a podcast, right? And and this podcast is is very much um, your creation. And, and so we are sitting here. And so I challenge it because we're sitting here and you are in fact being that bold, uh, risk taker that you say you're not, you know? No, I, I think there's, there are there are mental leaps and there are the more tangible job switch leaps and and things that project to the world and I don't think one is um, you know more critical than the other. Mm-hmm. One is certainly more visible. Um, maybe one is uh, the mental leaps are a little less dramatic, but I don't think they're any less profound. Yeah. Um, I think they have just as much, if not more, ability to change who you are and how you are than quitting your job or um, starting a small business or any of the other things that we often associate with LEAP. I think um, it's not the size that matters. It's the willingness to see every opportunity as a chance. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a huge buildup when a leap is being created or or happening, um, what are some of the things that you've noticed that are consistently present for those who who do successfully take that risk or take that leap and land on their two feet? Not to say that it turns out good or bad, but like that you land on your feet and are able to kind of get up and go again. Yeah, I think it's important to note that they don't usually end up as you envision. Mm-hmm. And that's usually for the better. It doesn't mm-hmm. always feel like it at the time, but don't cling to the vision, cling to the leap, right? Um, 
So you're talking about expectations of, so when you take, so what you're saying is when you take a leap, you really have to focus on the action, not the destination, essentially. It's, it's not having expectations of where you're going to end up landing. Yeah. yeah. I think we need to let go of our expectations and focus on the leap. And I think it's being open and aware. I mean, just going back to what you said, um, you get these used books that have the highlight and you feel like the universe led you to that book and that highlight and it's there for you specifically. Um, true or not, I'm not here to weigh in on that, but the feeling is what matters. That sense that, that the world is there to help you and you are recognizing that and you are taking that action. I mean, that's the expectation is just being open and willing to receive. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of, I love that you said open and willing to receive because I feel like um, that, is that is a difficult practice for some people. I think we focus on, you know, these grand leaps and this, you know, being nervous about it or being prepared, you know, uh, as we, you know, as we get older, we're more likely to leap, right? Um, Midlife is typically when we know ourselves well enough and are confident in ourselves and have built a stability uh, perhaps in other areas of our life to kind of counterbalance and accept more risk in the leap. But risk leap doesn't always have to be about risk. Don't let it intimidate you um, because it can be small and it, it really shouldn't be um, necessarily just one big hammer down moment every day we're growing and changing and and we should honor the small leaps as well um, the the decision to get out of bed the decision to go to the gym the decision to be true to yourself that day um, those are all leaps and you know we like to think of you know, success as a ladder. And that's very limiting. You know, you go up and you go down. And the reality is that that is not how life works. Mm -hmm. You go up and down and all around and you swirl and you swivel and you turn this way and you turn that way and you stumble a little bit and you go up and down. Um, and we should honor that and know that that is the path to success into getting where we want to be. Yeah. It's interesting too, um, as I was listening to you, I was thinking about um, you know, when we talk about risk-taking, there, there's a lot of um, mindset that's involved in there. And 
One of I noticed that when I ended up taking a lot of risks, I was really at a point where I had nothing to lose. My mindset was that there's nothing to lose. And really, if I were to boil it down even further, um, that we, have an opportunity to weigh out the, the pros and cons of not taking the risk and what that would feel like versus taking the risk and um, quote unquote suffering the consequences. Like both have consequences. The consequences of um, I should have, I wish I had, I think far outweigh the risk of actually um, the consequences of the risk or the potential consequences any day. And I feel like as we get older, that becomes more clear um, because we don't, we have nothing to lose more so. Like there's, we don't have time on our side anymore. We're not young and we aren't really you know, I feel like forties is really kind of a rebirth of adulthood. There's, there's, we have like a whole nother life to live and it's a new beginning. Um, and I get to really redefine, um, what is an important, I get to redefine what consequences I want to endure. I get to, I get to have control over that. And nine times out of 10, I will always take um, the consequences of the risk versus the consequences of not taking that risk. Have you ever regretted a leap? That's a really good question. Um, Yes, I have. Um, and, and I would say maybe even in smaller senses where <clears throat> I tried something on, right? I took a leap of, um, and then when I say tried something on, I'm not talking about actually trying something on, but, but it's, it's um, I'm gonna be more fluid in this area. And that didn't work out well for me, you know, because it was too, it was too much, like it just didn't work. And so I got to choose to scale back again, you know, the, you know, like I, I kind of touched the fire and said, oh, is it hot still, you know? <laughs> yes, it is hot, you know, or um, I think too with boundaries, um, Boundaries are a funny thing uh, to, to fold into this. Um, yeah, I think I it, it's putting trust in the wrong things sometimes. Like when we talk about taking leaps of faith or... Um, or um, taking action on something that you don't know the outcome. 
and I put um, some trust and faith in things that um, didn't pan out the way I thought it would. But then again, the lesson is there, right? So do I regret it? No, I actually don't. Yeah. After talking about that, I think, I think honestly, no, I don't think there's a, there's a risk I've ever met that I didn't like. I love it. Cause you said, I mean, you said a lot of good right there. A lot of, a lot of things that should be listened to, but the, the part that jumps out at me the most is you were saying you took the leap and then, whoa, whoa you step back. The mm -hmm. real leap was in allowing yourself to step back. Yeah. I've noticed in, in my experience, it's not the trying something new or um, making a lifestyle choice. It, it's never really about that. The, the true leaps I have taken and where I'm proud of the leaps I have taken are the permissions that I have given myself to change or redefine what the initial leap looked like, mm -hmm. you know, redefine what success means or what that goal was, um, you know, to where it's not that I didn't hit it, it's I needed to redefine it. I needed to change what it was because it was a damaging goal or it was incorrectly set not that it it couldn't be reached but that it didn't need to be mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the key takeaway from from leaps is you know allow yourself to redefine yeah yeah It's interesting in reflecting, speaking of redefine, in reflecting on this conversation, I found an Albert Einstein quote that I, I, I had just posted in our notes. Um, I, I feel like it's a good time to read that. Um, Albert Einstein said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. And that goes back to really, um, Another quote who I don't know said this quote, but self can't fix self. It's some it's a catchphrase. It's said a lot. And um, I truly believe that and that. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's interesting because life is a series of these surrenders to what is and there's a lot of um, uh, elements of, of faith and risk and, um, and receive, right? Instead of reward, maybe more receive would be more appropriate. And, and um, if I am to really start to chisel away at, um, the exterior of me to really find the truth within, um, it really takes a lot of risk and redefine and receive, risk, redefine and receive. 
risk, redefine and receive. And all of that is becomes the series of surrenders and new awarenesses. Because if I learn something or discover something um, about myself, or am I honest about something about myself and finally um, to have the courage to be vulnerable within myself, I, all of a sudden I am a different self, right? So self can't fix self. I become a different version of me. And um, I become someone other than the person that created the problem, right? The profound openness and level of self-awareness you know, and self-challenge to reach those points. So those are the leaps and and the moments um, that that build the core or set the foundation so that we can uh, the mental leaps that prepare us for those more tangible leaps, those decisions to, you know, quit our jobs or to open a new business or start a family, whatever that looks like, um, you know, and I think we focus on, you know, what we see and we don't give ourselves credit for all those, um, that self-awareness and all that true, um, identity that allows us to actually make those choices and own them mm. yeah true identity what does that look like I don't think you're prepared for that <laughs> can't take the mask off now too soon okay I'll I'll wait patiently. <laughs> no, yeah, it's just That's that strength that you know the world tries to beat down so bad in so many ways, and just letting it boil up, letting the true identity boil up. Yeah, it's a becoming. Mm. But I like this because so many times we, you know, it's so easy to see a leap, especially something like leaving your job or switching careers as, you know, less than positive, as a frustration, as a boiling point, as a, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to try something new. And there's a truth to that, of course. But underneath that frustration is the mental preparedness and the inner self that is buoying up that that frustration and utilizing it to get you um, to that next step so so in yes. turn the frustration is the gift right the frustration is the gift mm. That's a concept. Isn't it though? Yeah.
What if there is no risk? And what's the fun? <laughs> okay. But there's always risk. I think it's mitigating that or, you know, realizing that it's not all or nothing, you know. One of um, my big leaps here recently was really accepting or recognizing um, that I had so much good in so many different areas of my life. And the only area that wasn't as I had imagined it should be. And I was letting that just that one piece weigh out everything else. Mm. Um, you know, it's easy to think there was, you know, risk. But there's more risk in continuing to let frustration and let um, negativity build um, and seep into all the good. I think, um, you know, just flip the switch on yourself um, and, and back up that script. And, you know, I didn't get into my first choice school. Well, okay, you still got into school. You still have that opportunity. You know, it it is hard to focus on the positive, um, but really strive for it. Try um, and start small and let that be your leap um, and just see where that takes you for a little while. Mm. It becomes a practice then, a muscle that you have to exercise on a daily basis. Now as a as a leadership coach and one I strongly recommend because I've mm -hmm. called you and leaned on you as sister and life coach and leadership coach now multiple times. Is there a reason you would ever discourage a leap? Hmm. Would I ever discourage a leap? Gosh, that's a great question. It's interesting. My, my head initially went to maybe if that person felt that they were taking that leap alone. The thing with coaching is, is that it's really cultivating your own truth within you. Like that's my job is to help bring out parts of you that you couldn't bring out alone for the mere fact that self can't fix self, right? Like it, sometimes it takes some co-creation and really bringing about awareness of self. Because really, if you think about it, 
And if you look back on your journey as, as a woman or, or anyone listening here can think back on their journeys, right? And think about some of the experiences that you've had that have been unplanned, um, that have been scary, that have been maybe even out of your control. At least a leap, there's a sense of control around it. But if you even think back on the things that you do not have control over and your perception of that in that moment versus your perception of that now, I guarantee there's probably a little bit of a different energy or perception of that experience. And so it's interesting. I was um, talking with my parents about Dylan and Avalon getting married, right? And we were talking about, you know, the potential of that, you know, being grandparents and how wonderful that is. And, you know, you know, we don't know when they're going to decide to have kids or, you know, or when it's going to happen. But, and my dad um, paused for quite a bit and he stopped and he said this really profound thing. And, and it's not a profound concept, but it is. He said, the things that, I, that has happened in my life that I have been absolutely unprepared for and fearful of, and at the time I thought were really scary, ended up being the best things in my life, the best things that have ever happened in my life. And if I were to think back on my life, and I just, I was, I was floored because he just kind of came out with that and if I were to think back on my life and think of a few things that have been horrific right how that has affected my life today and enhanced my awareness of self awareness of others, awareness of what I want and don't want, how profound that is, that in fact, it is most likely the events that have happened in my life that have been unwanted um, actually carry the most weight and have affected my life in the most positive way. It doesn't minimize the fact that the event was uncomfortable or really despairing or whatever that was. Um, but I'm so much a better person and my experience of the now is so much better because of those moments. And for that, I am grateful. So therefore, I don't know. I don't know if I would ever suggest someone not take a leap but I think there's something to be said and maybe it would be their lesson, right? Like, who am I to say what those, who am I to say or control what those experiences are for someone else? So with that said, I would not, I would not discourage someone. I think that when we perceive that we're taking a leap alone, 
I think that perception deserves a little more time and work to realize or recognize that we are never alone, that there is always someone by our side, no matter who we are. And to, to not take that leap alone, I think is worthy of the pause um, that it deserves or that it might be asking for. Yeah. I think that's a, a big takeaway is every day, each one of us is leaping and grasping and trying and putting ourselves out there in a multitude of different ways. Honor the leap, help each other, be there, support. Um, no one should ever feel like they're they're alone. Mm -mm. Always support the leap. Yeah. I feel like that's where um, some of the things, especially within um, the professional world, I think a lot of the conversations right now are about cultivating spaces of mentorship and, and or sponsorship. And I think part of the process is really not only being there for someone else, it's sort of giving away what you want. Like it's that St. Francis prayer, right? Like, um, and you know, I want to be understood. So I understand someone else to, you know, that exchange. I want love. So I give love. So to mentor someone um, becomes such a powerful piece of confidence and connection to self, not just the person that you're mentoring. And it, um, it creates this community of connection from whatever space that you are in, in with that person, whether it be work or community or um, family, you know, it, it becomes this exchange of giving and receiving and, and, and connection that I think we as a country don't cultivate in our, we cultivate it through uh, digital platforms, much so, so more than um, um, spoken word or relationship with another person. We listen and we get, you know, we listen a lot through digital platforms or we speak a lot into digital platforms, but this conversation is, is really important um, to cultivate. And I, I think that's not common in our current cultural climate. I think it's important to recognize that, that the digital platform is a form of mentorship and community in any scale you utilize it. And we don't have to think of mentorship and that support solely as set aside time or structured time uh, with one individual again and again, or even you know time with a therapist or a leadership coach or any other, like that works as well, but it is not only. Yeah.
there's many, many different roads to that. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like a web though, you know, it's all these different channels that we support each other and build relationship with on, empower us to, to show up for others in different ways, you know? And I think really, ultimately, maybe that's the true leap and the true gift of taking leaps is that it allows us to show up differently. It allows us to show up more authentically and um, helpful. Yeah. Pretty good. Any final thoughts or takeaways you want to share? Mm. No, I think I'm going to save it for next week. Yeah. That was really good. It was a good conversation. I hope others will enjoy it as well. Yeah, I think they will. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to hear what, what other thoughts people are willing to share and put down that we can discuss next week mm -hmm. um, to continue this train of thought. We hit on some some very big picture, very um, unique ideas. Definitely not the necessarily the direction I thought we would go. The usual, I think we landed someplace a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, it'd be great to hear some questions or life experiences too. Um, I would share. love to hear um, specifically ways people have been supported in their leaps, mm. the, the instances that, that helped them or provided them the most security in their leap um, so that we can highlight that for ways to help support others. So hoping people will share that with us. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And the, the the conversation continues in our Patreon, right? Like that's what's so great about that platform is it really is a very conversational platform. So we get to keep talking. Yes. Yeah. And we will continue to build on. Um, we'll be setting up a boss lady swag and Oh, excited to get that out there to the world um, so that the alliance can grow and the conversation can take over. Yes. Worldwide. <laughs> well, What are our three takeaways from today? 
from this conversation? I think it's important to recognize leaps of all sizes. Mm -hmm. Don't don't undervalue what you do every day and those changes that you make within yourself. Um, you know, set goals that don't uh, don't rely on other people. Make your goal about yourself and singularly achievable. Um, don't give away that the power, you know, if to achieve what you want, you know, keep that within yourself mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to, to really take it and run with it. And just remember those leaps are rewards. Even the frustration is a reward. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well said. Mm. I think that was a mic drop moment. We're bringing back the brooch. Bringing back the brooch. It's happening. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Look forward to continuing this next week with our brief um, on taking the leap and our next full episode topic to be disclosed later. Can't wait. All the things. Okay. Thank you all for listening. We hope you had uh, as much enjoyment from this as we do. And we look forward to continuing to serve you. Yeah. Welcome to the Alliance. Welcome. <laughs>